Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Kathy. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Dose, Dose of Dash podcast. podcast. Join us and our guests as we bring you news and insights, information on project milestones and upcoming tasks, and as we celebrate the wins and accomplishments all along the way. Thank you for joining us as we dash toward the future at the University of Tennessee. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Dose of Dash podcast. Kathy and I are super excited to have Loman Martin with us today. Loman is the project manager for Dash at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Loman's a wonderful guy to talk to, and we think you'll enjoy our conversation with him just as much as we did. Stay tuned, as always, for some interesting, fun facts about Loman, including why Rome, Georgia holds a special place in Loman's heart and my heart. Talk to you soon. Okay, Loman, so with all of our guests on the podcast, we always like to ask a trivia question just to learn a little bit about you. And Jonathan and I, well, I make fun of Jonathan for his favorite coffee drink. He doesn't necessarily (laughs) make fun of mine, but in that vein. I make fun of yours because it's boring. It's always the same thing. Yeah, and his, I call it a cake in a cup because he always has to order the fancy. (laughs) It's more dessert than coffee, and we all know that. Call it what it is. But anyways, what is your all-time favorite coffee drink? Oh, man. Or it sounds like your relationship with coffee has changed. Yeah. I want, so let's talk about that. Talk journey. about that. Journey. So, okay. So we'll, we'll start that. So my, my all-time favorite morning caffeine drink. That's how we'll word that. Oh, is, a medicine, okay. is a medicine ball at Starbucks. Starbucks. Okay. But, ha- okay. but as I have evolved into the coffee drinking world to have yes. additional steam to get through the day, I am boring, probably like Kathy. I take my coffee black. But I like the Chattanooga blend at Rembrandt's here in town. I'm not a daily drinker, but like if I need that 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 boost of steam, I just I just go off campus for a couple of minutes, go get that cup, take a minute, and then then come back right to it. Good for you. Okay. Good if for I was you. as close to Rembrandt's as you are, that would be trouble. Yeah. I do like that. I do like that place a lot. I didn't mention that, you know, sometimes it comes with a cookie too. So I was just gonna say, I think I've had some pastries there too that yep. are pretty amazing. So absolutely. Loman, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at UTC and how you sort of came into that role? Sure, absolutely. First of all, thanks so much for having me on. It's a, a pleasure to to always speak with you guys, whether it's recording or whether it's just in emails. And, and hopefully soon we'll get together uh, in person to, to continue this this train we call Dash. I actually uh, I kind of I started at UTC five years ago, July. So I'm almost to my fifth fifth year anniversary, and I started as a loan specialist in the bursar's office. We had several different things down there that we needed to, to kind of get more automated, kind of get cleaned up, kind of get into a process. And so I really fell into the role of taking what we had, creating policies and procedures that people could replicate within the office. And apparently that made some people happy because about a year and a half later, I was promoted to assistant bursar over loans and collections. And so we continued that that process of, of driving efficiencies with, with working with students who had loans that were institutional or federal Perkins loans, as well as students who owed money from previous semesters trying to just get things taken care of. I never at any point was I one of those individuals that was like, you, you can't if you don't pay, we're going to go after you. Uh, we did everything we could to consider what a student's role is 
if they can't pay and if they've graduated, kind of where they are. You know, we're talking about yeah. students that are 18 to 24, don't yeah. really have a true career yet. And so we were big on doing everything we could to help make sure they were aware of their debt and take care of debt as they could. I remember we've had we had some kids that paid ten dollars a month until they could pay twenty, right. until they could pay forty. Yeah. So we just we worked real hard trying to keep that customer service component because I believe in education. I'm a lifelong learner. And I never want to be the reason that someone feels they can't continue their education. And I definitely mm. didn't want to be the reason for someone to have a bad taste with either higher education or the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. And so yeah. it was very important to me to, to keep those clean lines and to keep people yeah. student first and student centric. So when it comes to falling into the project manager role, I was actually a graduate student here at UTC working on my MPA. And the capstone for my MPA, I chose transparency in budget allocations. Which oh, sounds wow. exciting. Well, it sounds completely boring unless you like the numbers. And at the time, our vice chancellor for business uh, for business and administration was Dr. Tyler Forrest. And he yeah. he took the opportunity to, to kind of bring me under his wing to show me how we did things. And when my capstone was complete and I presented it not only to the faculty here at UTC, but to him, he was like, you know, we've got this thing coming up, he said, and because you've talked about transparency and communication, he said, I'm really interested to know if, if you would be interested to take on a project here at the university. And I said, well, well what is it? And he said, well, it's called Dash, and that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, and as far as the role is concerned, I don't really know what that is either. He said, but... <laughs> We, we know we want to be transparent with our university community, and we know we want to be able to communicate with them things effectively that are going on in this huge change in our platform here on campus throughout the institutions. And I said, well, let's see where it goes. I became project manager last July and kind of hit the ground running, creating teams here on campus and, and working with budget managers, uh, other vice chancellors across campus, and just campus community as a whole to get people aware at the specific times they need to be aware of things. I think that's real important. So one thing I've learned already from you, you do a good job. They give you more responsibility. So that's good. So now you just keep getting more and more responsibility. And yeah, Dr. Forrest w was great. I think he left to be president at Tennessee Wesleyan. Is that right? Is that yeah. where he's at now? That is that is correct. His yeah. investiture was actually last or two weeks ago. Uh, oh, wow. wow. That's so great. Real, real excited yeah. for him and really excited for where Tennessee Wesleyan is going to go because um, Dr. Forrest is a is a huge asset anywhere he is. Yeah, I know. I know it's a a big loss for for Chattanooga, but good for him and everybody there. I know will step up and fill his shoes, but good for him. And we wish him all the best, of course. Loman, I wanted to just call out what you were talking about when you were working with the bursar and whatnot. As a parent of three graduates from UT, <laughs> two from UTK, one from UTC, the struggle is real for students and their families trying to navigate the reality of paying tuition, staying on top of it. There's a lot of responsibility dumped on 18 year olds coming fresh out of high school and some have support from family and some don't. So kudos to you for being so thoughtful and concerned and caring for these students and their families as they try to work through what paying for four plus years of college really can look like. So you help them and their parents. You, you really touched my heart there. And 
And and I love that. I was a first generation student, Kathy. I knew nothing. And so, and I felt I actually was a better college student than K through 12 student. I think I barely, I I went to college, my undergrad was at Georgia College in Georgia because I'm from Georgia. And so I barely escaped in that Hope Scholarship my freshman year. I think I think I had some teachers kind of help me out to get me yeah. over that 3.0 yeah. hump. But then you had a hop scholarship, there, right? Not a hope scholarship. Yeah, 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 exactly. Once I got there, I just I fell in love with with campus. I fell in love with student life and I kind of drank the Kool-Aid for lack of better words. Yeah. I became SGA, SGA president my sophomore year at my undergraduate awesome. institution. And it was really just to learn more about the student affairs side and kind of the business affairs side as well. And so, like, I always think about that whenever fall yeah. starts. Like, remember, you knew nothing fall yeah. two, 2002. So <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure that you, you can help out in any way possible. Well, and that's what makes you such a great fit for where you are now, right back in higher ed and working in the same field. So just so the listener knows, Kathy and I have the privilege and the honor of working alongside Loman on this Dash project. It's a treat anytime we get to spend time with Loman. And, and we we keep saying that one of these days we're going to end up in the same physical location That's at the right. same time and share a meal together. But one of the things we specifically get to work on together is Loman is one of our transition management team members on the Dash project. For those of you who don't know that are listening to us today, we put together a team of individuals at each campus and institute that are working with us. Uh, We meet monthly and then outside of that, if we need to, for different initiatives that are helping carry the message of change and carry the message of DASH and and really be the touch point at their campuses throughout this project. So we can't do it all from the system level, and we really shouldn't because each campus has its own voice, each campus has its own culture, and we need resources there at each institution being our change champions for DASH. So if you're curious who your TMT members are and you're listening today, you can go to the DASH website, and I think there's a Teams tab on that site, and we list all the TMT members there. So if you're listening to us today and you're at Martin, and you're like, well, I don't know who my TMT members are. I want to check that out. You can go there and look and research that. But Loman is, uh, we're fortunate. Loman is one of our key members at UTC. And Loman, I was hoping you could, if you don't mind, just talk a little bit from your perspective about how you view your responsibility as a TMT member and what that means to you and and what you feel like your duties are as a transition management team member. Okay, sure. First of all, I think when when we look at like the role here, we're a cheerleader for change at the at the end of the yeah. day. Everyone that's on the TMT team, for lack of better words, yeah. um, rec- recognizes that we have a potential solution to what isn't a problem, but what isn't effective. Right. And so everyone on that team recognized the end goal was to become more effective in our business operations and our workflows throughout all of the campuses. And, and how I kind of fit into that mold is I am the liaison between our campus community, and the TMT group. I, I, I work to hear concerns that people have, whether they're just faculty member, whether they're one of our subject matter experts that we have in the field, process areas, and even our executive leadership team. You know, if any of those individuals come out and have a question, I really work to maybe not have an answer, but come up with a plan of action to create a, a resolution of some sort. 
And the TMT group gives us the opportunity to come together and have those conversations so that we can make sure the organizational change goal that we have is being disseminated throughout all of our campuses. And I feel like that that is my major role in in that responsibility. Like I said, I called it a cheerleader because we want to be always optimistic as we move forward, but we also want to recognize where potential problems may lie and have the communication ability available to re- resolve those as, as we can and as we find out things. The, the other aspect of that really is making sure I create those personal relationships with everyone that's on this campus. So when I say I don't know the answer to that, they don't feel like they're being pushed aside. I feel like I have done a, a, a reasonably well job uh, of trying to keep everyone on my campus connected to me so that if there are any concerns, they, they feel comfortable coming to me about them. You know, and, and sometimes it's small things like, oh, well, I just heard this random thing about this random thing. Okay, well, <laughs> let me look into those random things and, and we'll try to get back together. And, yeah. I, and I really make it a point to even if it takes longer than I think it should to, to get back with someone. I still touch base with them throughout the process because I don't want anyone to think that we're not paying attention to them. A lot of times, especially when you have institutions that have multiple branches under their umbrella, some yeah. institutions can feel that they're being left out. And it is my primary goal as a TMT member to ensure that no one here at UTC feels that they're left out of this process. And so far, I think we've done a really good job communicating that through our campus. That's awesome. I think buy-in and a change this big is huge. And just obviously that's an understatement. But the fact that you're able to make those connections, I think is so important because people don't want to be, you know, you know we don't want people to feel like they've been left behind. And, and so I think that is so key. I think we've really done a good job with on the project is um, involving so many people across the state like on the project team itself. So I think we're really getting a good cross-section of opinions and and positions and feedback from resources at at every campus and institute. So I'm really proud of the fact that the project has sought to do that in line with our guiding principles kind of from the get-go. So. Well, and I love Loman that you are, your goal is to make sure everyone on your campus at UTC has a voice and no matter how how small the rumor is, because as we know, once the rumor rumor mill gains speed, we're all in trouble. And it's so helpful from our perspective, me and Jonathan, to have to know that you're there on your campus, you know, keeping in touch with our end users, our employees, and kind of walking through them, even this early in the in the project. I know a lot of folks are like, it's not till July of next year. I don't need to worry about this. But the reality is the more folks that we can get on board and get that buy-in and really grasp the positive change that's coming. You know, it's a lot of work. Like we said yesterday, it's a lot of sprints for the marathon, but in the end, it's all going to be well worth it. So we appreciate all that you're doing. You had mentioned in one of our TMT meetings a couple of months ago that you one of the things you had done that you thought would be helpful on your campus for those that were being brought onto the project was setting up some computer labs where folks could come in and physically leave their their everyday workspace, get away from the, the phone and the interruptions and come come to a lab where they could ask questions and and get into really what is happening on the Dash project in the system. So can you just talk a little bit about 
what was behind that mindset and how how that's playing out now that you've offered that option? Yeah, and, and honestly, since we've talked, that's kind of evolved. But but I, I'd love to walk kind of through the timeline. So, great, great. So, yeah, please. So in the beginning, when we were tasked with assigning process leads and then tasked with assigning subject matter experts, I worked with senior leadership on this campus to truly be intentional with the people that we put in those areas. And not only not so so we're not only talking about directors, but we're talking about just some front end in workers in, in our finance department and in our in our HR department, because we really wanted to have people from the ground up having those conversations. And so in that intentionality, I think it's created a great diverse group of individuals that have allowed communication efforts with me to really go back and forth pretty seamlessly. So when we first decided to bring on subject matter experts, technically we were expanding our our current field from 15 people to about 65 people. Right. And this was also when we were bringing on Maverick training from from the vanilla or the in the box flavored uh, training as well. And so I really wanted to open up the opportunity to have people leave their offices to be able to do training on their own, come ask questions, whatever they needed to do. And when when we're talking about 65 people, I just didn't know what that looked like. So I started off big. So in the event I needed to scale it down, I could. (laughs) And so originally I reserved a computer lab on campus in our library three days a week for about two hours where people could come in if they had the time to, to come in and work on some things. And with the number of people on the project, I had about a 10% return, which okay. isn't too okay. bad, which isn't yeah. too bad. But I was renting a huge space for about yeah. three or four people. As we moved into the adopt and adapt session, I actually did an introduction and welcome for all process leads and all SMEs via either virtual or in person. I offered four sessions wow. where I explained what Adapt and Adopt was, nice. what I explained what prototypes were, what I when I explained that prototypes equal equal demonstration, not testing, yeah. and yeah. where I gave the option of more more questions, more information as we would get together. And so after I had all of our, I also worked with our HR team to make sure that was a Kate trainable credit. So everyone that attended those would get get hours for that. Had great success with that. And in the process of that, I kind of learned while everyone would love to be able to get away from their desk to work, there's just so many competing priorities that that's not Mm -hmm. ever really an opportunity. And the people that came to the classroom to, to work on their trainings, it really became more of a discussion and dialogue session where I got right. to where I got to learn from them what what they were what they were learning and what they wanted to know, and so when prototype session one began um, at the beginning of May, I ditched the classroom training and I created open office hours for Dash three days a week in our administration building. We have a small conference room on the floor that I'm on, and I reserved that to have. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, one to two hour sessions where people could just drop in and have questions. And what was great about that is since I have since I'm also an SME in some areas, I was able to have those demonstrations running in that room while people came in and asked questions. And so if if right. there was a moment where a question kind of lined up to what was going on, I'd be like, well, look at the screen. This is this is where we're headed. So I was able to kind of relate to to our real world prototypes with actually not even talking about that specifically and just helping people that came in and asked questions feel a little bit more comfortable and confident about the process. 
that's really cool. That is cool. I love that you pivoted as needed, right? Isn't that like our theme at the moment? You head one direction, and if it's not exactly plan- panning out the way that you thought it would, you you adjust. And I'm sure everyone's very appreciative of the idea of having open hours like that where they can drop in and ask questions or have a discussion if needed. So yeah, we just love that idea when we heard you mention it in our in our meeting a couple months ago. Yeah, we, we liked it so much. We had Loman talk about it at our TMT meeting. He got to be a, a TMT spotlight so we could, Kathy and I like it better when other people talk. <laughs> we sure do. We all have the good ideas anyway. So. What a great conversation we are having with Loman Martin at UTC. And that wraps up part one of this podcast. Please be sure to join us for part two as we talk more about Loman's creative ideas around helping UT employees get ready for the transition to Dash. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dose of Dash. A big thanks to everyone who helped us make this episode possible. And a big thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in as we pursue this change together. Check back here regularly for new episodes and updates, and please share this podcast with others. Word of mouth can be the best way to help this effort grow, and it's a great way to keep our Friends of Dash informed. Be sure to visit our Friends of Dash site for more information and resources. You should see the link in the About section for this podcast. Do you have a Dash question you would like answered? Please email it to dash at tennessee.edu. You never know. It just might show up on this podcast. Talk Talk to to you you soon. soon.